0: I'll start recording. <laughs> so, this is Kenny Chan here at Century 21. This is actually take two of my very first podcast episode. I have me, uh, here with me Preston. He's an insurance broker. We're going to talk about the wonderful world of insurance. Hi, Preston. How you doing?
1: Hi, Kenny. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good.
0: So, for everyone tuning in, we already had technical difficulties on my first episode where the first five minutes, um, Preston wasn't even being his audio wasn't even recording and that's totally my fault, but we're going to get right into it. Preston, my first question to you and I'm hoping this we, we have a nice dynamic conversation. i am coming up with the questions as I go along. But the one thing I really want to know is, is what's in my opinion, what, why, or at least what the public thinks, why is insurance so boring? Because at the end of the day, as a consumer, all I see in my insurance is I get a piece of paper, a letter from you guys saying my, my, my rate has gone up, pay more now, and that's it. And I haven't used any claims and nothing's really changed. So what's the consumer missing here?
1: Uh, so, you know, the, you saying that the insurance is boring, first of all, it's totally catching me off guard. I, I could never imagine how insurance could be boring at all. Um, but um, you know what? I think I think one of the reasons why, you know, uh, someone might think the you know my job is a little bit boring, is because there's you know there's a lot of tedious stuff that goes on, right? I mean, if, if you think about it, um, what it, how does insurance look to us, right? You get your renewal in the mail, uh, you look at your renewal, and almost always your rate goes up. You call your insurance broker and they shop for you and they say, okay, this is the best price or this is uh, this is the reason why your rate went up. And it's the same conversation every single year, right? It doesn't seem like much is changing. So um, if I was to choose something, that will probably be the reason why I think people think it's very, very boring to have to call the different places and, uh, you know, who, you know, what are you offering me? You know, and that's, that's one of the benefits of having a broker, I think is, you know, we do that for you. Right. So um, depending on who your broker is and who their brokerage is, you know, you may have more options um, then less if you went somewhere else. So, I mean, that, that is something that um, I'm very happy that with my brokerage, you know, we we are uh, one of the most reputable brokerages in Ontario and we have those options. So, I don't know, I, I love what I do and uh, I find it very exciting. Uh, I love it when, you know, a client um, calls me and says, hey, Preston, you know, I've been shopping around and I have not been able to get anyone that helps me. Mm-hmm. You know what? What I found in those particular situations is that, you know, one of three things. It's usually you know the brokers that they've been, the, the people they've been sp- speaking to, uh, either don't have the resources available to them to help, like I said, or maybe they don't know how to help sure. because the problem is very complex, or maybe they don't want to help, right? Because it's, because it you know it takes a little extra time to solve that problem. But those are the, those are the uh, clients that I love speaking to, and um, you know I love solving problems, so. So I find it okay. very exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, to each their own, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, I don't think I will ever be an insurance broker. Um, I, I don't see the appeal of it, but I mean, everyone does what <laughs> what they what they like the most, right? So, yeah. or, or or whatever um pays the bills at the same time, right? And if you like it, you more power to you, right? So uh, you know, speaking of insurance renewals, right? Because that's kind of what. Uh, I see as a consumer the most personally, you know. If, if as 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 a homeowner and as a car driver, I have both those insurances, right? But if you were renting, you'd also have renter's insurance. But it seems like everything, or at least in the last several years, insurance policies or insurance prices seem to be going up. And so so obviously, like a cynical person, uh, not me, would would say to you, you know, press. <laughs> What what's up does your insurance does your insurance company just need to make more money this year like are you just making targets uh profit mark like profit uh increase every single year to look good in front of your you know shareholders and stuff so like what's going on like what what is not stopping insurance companies from increasing my insurance by like 20 percent next year even though nothing necessarily has changed materially in terms of my driving record or whatever right
1: yeah so you know, starting off with a really good question this is probably uh if not the the most common question i receive you know when i'm talking to my clients is you know i I, i've been good this year you know i haven't had a claim i haven't had a ticket you know i'm getting older and wiser i you know i drive you know really slow and carefully and um you know i would imagine with more license experience insurance experience my rate is going to get better every single year so You know, that, that, that thinking is correct. Okay. One part of that thinking is correct in one part. So when it comes to the actual calculation of insurance rates and what you're looking at, you know, there's usually two components. Okay. The main, the first one is profile specific. So exactly what we just spoke about where, you know, uh, the rates consider, uh, the driver, how long they've had their license, what type of license, have you had any accidents, any tickets, um, you know, what type of vehicle are you driving? You know, is it safe? Does it get stolen a lot? And all those different things. And, and you know, if those, you know, characteristics are good, you will get a better mm-hmm. rate. Now, sure. the second part of that, though, which is, you know, which is a pretty big part as well, is company-specific rating factors, okay? So, when we're talking company-specific rating factors, we're talking about, uh, the rates that the insurance company charge that has, that uh, you know is obviously based on historical data, and company specific historical data. Okay, so if you talk to one company versus the next, they may have, uh, you know, different experiences when it comes to, uh, you know, if you know, with Honda Civic claims, for example, right, um, and. I think one thing that um, okay you know, Honda it, Civic. It,
0: let me let me let me go. Let me if I can interject. Sure. sure. Is Honda Civic that um, expensive of a car <laughs> to insure? Even though the Honda Civics like what what, what whereas like where the Honda Civic's not expensive of a car to buy, so you're yes. telling me a Honda Civic is is a typical car that's expensive to insure. Is that yeah. because of the Honda Civic build? Are there like. Are you are the engineers looking at? Maybe this car is gonna crumple worse than, or or what's going on? Like, why was it just because there's lots of Honda Civics out there, or like, can't you just can you guys like tell me about that actually?
1: Yeah, well, you know, you touched on a few important things, and and um, you know, when it comes to the actual type of vehicle, and you know, what the insurance rating groups for that vehicle, um, uh, what do you call it, are, are being looked at? There are three major components you can look at, right? The first one is, you know, the collision component, which is, you know, what is the likelihood of this type of vehicle uh, being involved in an accident? Or, so if you think about this, you think about a Honda Civic, you, you see one, you know, every 10 cars. Yeah. So sure. just by the, you know, based on the law of numbers, the chances of that type of vehicle are gonna, you know, uh, being involved in an accident are very high. So this is actually what the numbers also show, right? So the Honda Civics do tend to be involved in more collisions, uh, which means more more claims paid out, more money. Another component is, you know, what's the likelihood of this vehicle being stolen? Mm-hmm. Um, they're also looking at um, things like what's the likelihood of you being injured in an accident. So uh, typically if you have a vehicle that is safer, that particular rate group is lower for the, for, you know, insurance uh, premium consideration. So if you're looking at like an SUV versus a sedan, the SUV is most likely going to be cheaper on insurance. Oh so, yeah.
0: Okay. It, it, yeah. It, 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 why, why is that? Actually, I, I, I'm not, I'm not making the connection between why a sedan, like a small sedan, like a Honda Civic is going to be more expensive to insure than a larger one. So like, okay, okay so well, let, me put, let me put two cars at you. Honda Civic sure. versus Toyota RAV4 okay so Toyota rav 4 is pretty popular car like it's pretty if I don't know if it's the number one selling SU, like SUV style in Canada but it's I want one and I'm sure a lot of, and I see a lot of them out there so I'm trying to understand like why so an SUV presumably is um, a little bit is it safer like I don't understand like is that why you're coming with this calculation is it is it less expensive to repair if there's a claim involved is the person driving an SUV likely to be more safe of a driver than the Honda Civic? Like, what, why don't you give me a little bit of rundown on that?
1: Okay, well, you said a lot of stuff there that, <laughs> you know, we can have a half an hour conversation on each one of those topics, but we, we'll we talk about the safety aspect, but sure. I think that's an important thing. So one of the, one of the uh, main uh, costs to the insurance industry is claims, right? Um, and a lot, you know, when you think about uh, one of the things that affects the rates is um from a claims perspective is injury claims people getting involved in accidents right Mm -hmm. when you get involved in an accident you need to get fixed by the doctor um there's not really a way of you know quantifying uh, how much it's going to cost because you don't know to what extent you know someone is injured you know you you may be okay one week and the next you know three weeks down the road you get some pain and now you can't work and that was a cost that you know is, is ongoing. So this is one part that is very very expensive uh, to the insurance companies. You know, you also hear this is, this is also still a problem with you know insurance fraud, and you hear about the clinics who kind of just uh, they have their own little uh, you know setup over there. And um, these are different these are different things that um, will affect um, the the insurance rates overall. So if you're looking at an SUV and you get involved in an accident you know, just due to the safety features, if you want to call that, versus the Honda Civics, um, you know, SUV is a bigger car. A, a Civic is obviously a smaller car. If you get in, involved in an accident between the two, you probably want to check on the guy in the Honda Civic, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think the injury claims uh, being paid out is, is very extensive, um, you know, still to today and, and the problem that persists. And, um, you know, that that's that to speak once again, just specifically to the safety component of the vehicle um, in terms of how the rates are calculated for, for a specific vehicle.
0: Right. So so it, it sounds like there is some car specific thing that's unrelated necessarily to the number of cars out there, right? Because like we were saying earlier- it's a
1: combination of all. Combination things, right? of everything, right? Like yeah, more, really.
0: more Honda Civics out there, therefore um, more likely that one of those is gonna get into an accident. Um, or stolen
1: or, you know, or stolen can... because of the popularity exactly. or
0: something. Right. Um, and th- but then also an SUV may be less expensive because an SUV maybe has certain safety components that are less likely to cause major damage to either the person or the car, right? Like that's what you're telling me.
1: Yeah. yeah right. It's like exactly. not just injury
0: claim to the person, but also damage claim to the vehicle, maybe something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Right. right. I mean, and now, you know, talking about even damage the, to, to the vehicle, um, the cost of repairing vehicles nowadays is completely different than it was even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if you're looking at uh I banged up my side mirror, you know, about five, ten years ago, that would cost you like what, three, four hundred bucks. You just replace the mirror in the side and in, in the side mirror. Uh now it's it's costing like a thousand bucks because you gotta right. fix the sensor, you gotta fix the heater, you gotta fix the mirror, you gotta fix that, you know, blah blah blah. So right. right. Uh, that, that's another thing that's definitely uh, affecting the, the the price so
0: that also then that also obviously affects the policy right like as a end consumer yep. these these cars or vehicles are getting more complicated and therefore the if if there is a, if there's a claim the claim is going to be x number of times percentage more expensive than it was five years ago or the trend seems to be going up because of the cost of components labor etc right yes so that factors into why my renewal might be more expensive other than other things like my driving record or insurance fraud or all the all the other other things right a million factors
1: going into my my policy right there's 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 so many factors and you know that's why we have the actuaries right all Mm -hmm. the way up at the top calculating these numbers because there's just there are many components right Mm -hmm. uh now between company to company you know they may rate certain components heavier than the others but once again this is all this this is all the individual specific differences Mm -hmm. um and at the end of the day, these are kind of what determine what a company is charging you, okay. and um, all these all of these rates, you know, it might not be known that. And you said something earlier where you're like, you know, are you just trying to make money, right? And I, and I kind of it's funny <laughs> you say that because, a lot of the times when I'm having these conversations with my clients, you know, they forget the name of the insurance company. And it's not about, you know, intact or dominion or whatever it is. It's like, Preston, why are you increasing yeah, my yeah. rates? What, what, right? what are you doing back there? What, what, what are you doing? Is How this, much Is money this one of the random
0: rooms in your mansion?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, um, you know, it's not about, uh, uh, what do you call it? Just, just choosing an arbitrary number mm-hmm. and saying this year we want to make 10% more profit. Let's jack up everyone's rates. It doesn't work that way. These rates are regulated. They're fixed. They have to be approved by the regulatory board. And um and you know, if an insurance company indeed does want to increase their rates, they do have to show why. Right. Why they, they are doing that. And you know, they they then you know they will they will be it'll be reviewed. They look at the numbers, they look at the statistics and and the facts and they see, okay, we had this many claims, this is how much you paid out, this is what we need to to get back on track, um, you know, so that we're operating in a profit and all that all that good stuff. So um, the rates are not just, you know, <laughs> changed based on uh, someone's uh, opinion. Um, there's a lot more to it, and it's a little more structured than that. But, you know, that being said, uh, you know, it kind of gives off the impression that, oh, man, if these rates are set and we can't do anything about it, you know, you feel kind of helpless. But that's that's not completely correct, okay? You're not helpless, right? Sometimes uh, understanding, once again, the fa- between companies, if you know one company is Uh, going to rate a certain factor heavier than the other, you know, these differences are known by the broker. They should be known by the broker, right? And and they know that based on your profile, based on where you're at, you know, and your specific individual profile characteristics, this company A will be better for you than company B. That might be the difference in price that, you know, uh, is going to save you some money. So, does that does that kind of yeah. touch on that? Yeah, it does.
0: So I want to I want to move um off that, you know, topic a little bit because I feel like if if anyone listening has a problem with their with their insurance, um they should just talk to their agent about it, right? Um and yeah, I mean, see definitely. like what's going on with that, right? Um but I want to talk to you, pivot towards maybe some little disrupt disruptive technologies that are within the insurance industry. So we we're focusing on car insurance right now. Maybe we'll move on to another industry in a bit but sticking with car insurance you know there's there's this devices right i think you know that you can install in your car right Mm -hmm. that it kind of monitors i don't exactly understand it but it it, yeah. you stick this device in your car you have an app it monitors how you're driving maybe the acceleration how how fast you're starting stopping and it kind of an insurance company in in the benefit to you as the end consumer is to Lower your insurance rates. So, can you give like a thirty-second overview of what this program is, yeah. and then I'm gonna tell you my opinion about it, and then sure. you tell me what, what might actually be the truth, okay?
1: Okay. So, so what you're talking about is, you know, the, the fancy way in the industry we call it UBI, uh, you know, user-based insurance, right? And um, what it used to be an actual physical device, mm-hmm. but now with technology, we have apps, and the, the companies that offer this essentially. Um, uh, what do you call it? ask you to download an app and what this app does is it monitors you know usually three or four um, components of your driving habits okay and based on how you drive you get a better price uh you know or or not and you know this was this was a step towards uh, the argument that hey you know what I'm a good driver mm-hmm. and I should not be paying the same price as a 16 year old kid who you know's gone to a couple of accidents and doesn't know what they're doing so you know, this is kind of, you know, putting that to test. Right. And the stats do kind of show that. So, you know, it's it's a good program, I think, for people who are, uh, you know, in that category where they are careful drivers and they can save a little more extra money. Typically, what the program does is, it does vary from company to company, but typically they look at three main components of your driving habits. The first one being how fast you accelerate, okay? Right. How fast do you decelerate or how hard do you brake? And, you know, the third, uh, third component being, what time of day that you drive, you know? So if you think about it between, for example, 12 to 4 a.m. in the morning, you're not, you know, it's not a good thing because that's typically where the drunk drivers come out. Um, so they look at those particular driving habits and um, a, a lot of the companies, uh, if not all of them that uh, offer it, just by signing up, they'll give you about a 10% discount, okay, on the, on your first year for trying this program. They usually have a uh, probation period or a monitoring period, about six months, so let's say even a year, and based on how you do in that time period, you can earn up to usually twenty-five to thirty percent discount sure. on your on your re- renewal every single year, no questions asked. Now, one thing I do want to say specifically about that is it's not you know a full twenty-five thirty percent off of your total premium; it's off of specific components of your premium um, and and certain coverages. Okay, so it's not an easy calculation, but right. you know it's it's a great program if, you, if you're looking to save extra money.
0: So, uh, uh, so I understand, and I'll kind of tell you my opinion about it. Um, sure. I guess from a uh, from a consumer perspective, what I'd be worried about is what what kind of tracking above and beyond those components, right? Um, yeah. And how it might affect my permanent record. <laughs> you know, like your school's permanent record, that little file yeah. that that your, that your principal has on you that says uh, Kenny was a bad boy, and therefore he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's you know you should watch out for him in the future. That's kind of. I don't know if that's been. have been addressed by the industry in terms of privacy. Me going from one company to another. Let's say um, I use this UBI software with whatever Allstate, and then I switch over to I don't know TD or whatever. So, how do you know anything about the whole privacy and permanence of your record driving? Because I know yeah. even, Like, if you have a ticket, it, it kind of disappears off your record after three years or something like that, right? So, how about? You know, not so great driving record. How does that affect my permanent record, if there is
1: one? Okay, so that's a good question. This is this is, if not, you know, the biggest concern. And in a different way to ask the question, would you know that I get is, you know, are they tracking my my uh, my GPS information? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, if I get into an accident, what happens? Right? Because one of the concerns is if you get into an accident and you know the the app has tracked that you were going at X speed over the speed limit. You know, will it be held against me? Now, it's very important to note that this program was created and designed to reward. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not a penalty program. So the idea is if you're a good driver, you get the discount. If you're a terrible driver, you just don't get the discount. Sure. Okay. So um, specifically in, you know, I've actually uh, uh, read the specific wording uh, for a couple of companies, that probably was very boring but uh if i wasn't for something <laughs> but i did it anyways just to see and uh, a lot of the companies specifically in the wording will state that you know this information that they gathered cannot be used mm-hmm. in the event of an accident so i think that's very important to note in terms of like gps data and you know uh protecting protecting privacy you know uh this is a very this is this is pretty pretty intimate information, you know, where are you going? And, uh, oh, trust you know, me, I think
0: during COVID, no one's going anywhere interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
1: hopefully, hopefully,
0: right. You're, you're not really going to a lot of places yeah, no, unless bad. your job requires you to, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty intimate information in that sense where, um, but the fact remains, the way they, for example, judge your speed is they are looking at the GPS information that's connected to your right. phone, right? Have to, right? But a lot of the insurance companies, you know, they, they take this very seriously, just the same. And they do, you know, spend a lot of money from what I understand to protect that information, right? Um, you know, cyber attacks are always possible, but the companies who are creating these programs are usually they're very like big brand names, right? You think, you know, talking like Intact Insurance or, um, you know, recently Dominion came on with a product or Bel Air. Um, so, I mean, they're at, at this point in the game, you know, this type of technology or uh, program has been available for many years, right? So this is not, you know, the second or third iteration. This is, you know, this is a derivative of of many iterations and improvements. Mm -hmm. And every time one company did it, before the other company did it, they kind of saw what was happening and they made it better. Um, So I think at this point, you know, I think it's fair to say that uh, it it shouldn't be a concern, Uh, you know, no more than a concern than, you know, you using your phone, on a regular basis and, you know, logging into, I don't want to say Facebook, but, you know, one of those apps that sure. track your data, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, say. yeah, I'm
1: not an IT guy, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think
0: most people nowadays man. with a phone should really have some idea that they are being tracked in some way, shape, or form, right? But yeah. it does, but, you know, producing social media or whatever app doesn't typically have a direct impact on your on your expenses, right? Like your 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 income, or oh, not your income, but your 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 day to day expenses, right? So in which case, yes. this this device does have an impact on your on your insurance um, policy. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm still kind of thinking, like, oh, you know what? You know how yeah, much money can I save? Feeling. No, totally. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I I just don't know how it's going to affect your permanent record, right? Um, yeah. and I, and I think you, you address some of those questions about what, what it can and cannot do, right. In case, in case you switch companies or something like that, you know, it's kind of like buying, you know, health insurance. So if you've been, if you're denied health insurance, um, in one company, there's a pretty good chance you might get denied another, unless you have a, a you know, a broker or something helping you out, but let's just throw, throw an example out there. Um, yeah. but I do want to, okay, I'll move on from that. Um, now we're going to, I'm going to talk more about like futuristic stuff like not futuristic some stuff that's happening now that flying i think cars. sorry
1: flying cars flying cars
0: no not we're not we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there but i'll talk okay. about dash cams okay okay so um i have a dash cam that that's recording the front of my car how does a dash cam affect or not affect um your insurance claims or insurance rates
1: okay good question i mean um dash cams are very common now right uh i I do get this question where hey you know what in terms of safety features I have a dash cam is it going to affect my premium now the, the simple answer is no it doesn't affect your premium right. uh you don't get a discount for that right when you're talking about security measure uh, or safety features on a car uh you know the VIN number of a vehicle will tell an insurance company all the all the safety features already included and they take that into account if you want to get a discount uh for safety features it has to be something that is put in aftermarket something like you know um i don't know like an like an audible alarm right aftermarket um, or uh, some other gps tracking or something like that but specifically with dash cams it is a useful tool for claims
0: okay, okay? so so simply
1: okay. put yeah so sim- simply put um you know it's capturing what's actually happening Right. So it's not even a question about he said, she said. This is about this is my this is my version. This is their version, and then this is the truth. Right. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a useful tool. I I strongly recommend it for a lot of my clients. I've used, uh, you know, we've used that uh, that data uh, for you know quite on quite a number of occasions where an accident might be, you know questioned about if it was their fault or not, but the dash cam said it all and, and kind of saved the day. So I recommend it. I think it's a good thing that you have it.
0: Cool, cool. I, I need to make sure it works because it's one of the, with those yeah. dash cams, you just plug it in and you don't know if it's recording Finger or not. Battery. So I got to probably yeah. do a little bit of yearly maintenance and make sure that dash cam is still actually works, right? Because SD cards can get corrupted, they can be full. They might not you know, re rewrite over old data. Like you never know with these things, right? um yeah. okay cool cool so the next thing is mobile speed cameras that's okay. kind of i'm seeing you know a lot of cities municipalities wanting to put mobile speed cameras um and just for the audience my understanding of mobile speed cameras is basically just it's kind of like um a, a red light camera but just on the street monitoring to make sure you're not speeding in a in a in a residential zone where you might kill somebody right or you will definitely kill somebody if you drive over that limit or something like that so what is is that is mobile speed camera who, who's behind the push for that because i know a lot of consumers don't yeah. like that right because they're being monitored or maybe they're put in places that don't really need them so what's what's yes. going on there
1: okay so i can't really speak to you know the what do you call the the government side and their perspective on this whole thing um i th- i think the question here is if i get a ticket from these mobile cameras um you know is it going to affect my insurance is that, is that kind of the question here
0: i mean yeah i'm sure you'll get a ticket right i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's going to yeah. affect your insurance but i'm thinking like okay so what if if everyone has mobiles like is the mobile speed camera being more debt like is it going to be more beneficial is it just going to help the insurance companies is kind of like the cynical part of yeah. saying well you know what you know The the government or some or some group pushes to get a mobile speed camera in a specific area, um, more people are going to get tickets simply because there's more cameras out. Right. It's kind of like like if you put a if you put a if you put a a camera at a stop sign, I'm pretty sure most a lot of people, definitely not me, roll through red red red, um, stop signs. Right. And yeah. so if you're just, just going to put a camera at a stop sign and just constantly give tickets to people out who are rolling stop signs, once again, for the rest you know, uh, I definitely don't roll through any stop signs. Uh, yeah. Isn't that just going to cause all everybody's insurance policy to go up? Uh, because everyone's not technically being as safe as they possibly can be. And you kind of take yeah. that and say, OK, now it's mobile speed cameras in this neighborhood and in this neighborhood and this neighborhood. <laughs> and then they do stop signs. And then before you know it. You know, everyone's getting tickets for everything, right? So I'm just trying to yeah. understand, like,
1: rates going up again, right?
0: Rates going up again. Like, where, where's yeah. the consumer? Like, how do you balance the safety of of, of a society? Like, this is not be, maybe okay. even beyond insurance policies, right? But the safety of society versus the detriment, maybe to the to to the consumer's bottom line.
1: Yeah, I got you. So, um, first of all, I, I think that the program is great. I know that it. it you know, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on it right now. I have no, I haven't looked at the numbers. Sure. I just know that for me personally, it changes my behavior. I see that sign and I s- slow the heck down and I'm driving uh, the way I yeah. should. But I think there's a huge misconception with how this program works and how it affects insurance because, in fact, it does not affect your insurance rate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the main things is that the way these cameras work, and I don't know the exact specifics here, but what I understand is that. You know, let's just say you are going to the speed limit and it automatically generates, you know, a picture and a ticket. Sure. It gets sent to your address. One of the main arguments is that how do you know that the driver on this policy was the one, in fact, driving the vehicle? So for you to, you know, uh, penalize this, this, uh, you know, listed driver um, is maybe unfair, right? Okay. And then, you know, the cameras are missing the human component, right? There may be, there may be more information that maybe it's missing that you don't know about. So, Um, these type of tickets uh, should not show up on your record. Okay. It's it's something that is charged uh, by the municipality and it is charged to, yes, the, the vehicle um, owner, right. Because if they run it by the plates, Um, but because you cannot actually with a hundred percent certainty associated with who is driving and whether indeed it was your, your uh, listed driver, there's no way of actually having it, um, right being charged against.
0: right cuz you know like i'm yeah you're right okay that makes sense i mean that that's new to me
1: still kind of stuck all those tickets so don't, don't speak.
0: <laughs> that's what i'm saying like if once once they um once 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 the government or 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 somebody lo- lobbies for um, mobile stop sign cameras <laughs> everybody yeah. other than me because i never have any rolling stops at all uh <laughs> they're all going to get tickets and it's all going to be terrible right so I just you just gotta but but it has to be balanced right like there has to be balance that we have to decide as as voters but also as consumers of of uh you know of the road to, to decide like yeah. w- how much is too much right and yes. that i guess that brings me really really well to the next question um once once again what about technology right and how it affects the industry so i, I do not current i drive a um a hyundai elantra basic sedan mm-hmm. Um, I did test drive a Tesla Model Y and a Tesla Model 3 at some point. Those two yeah. cars are not in my in my, in my my current future, but I, I really admire the technological um, components uh, of, of sa- not just safety, but also convenience. And I think you know where I'm going with this. The, the Model no. Y, and I feel like Tesla and uh, numerous automakers at some point will have a full self-driving capability that's probably i thought maybe yeah. within my mm-hmm. lifetime it wouldn't happen but i'm pretty sure within 10 years or even five years um autopilot or wh- whatever you want to call it self driving will be very very um predominant or as, as a feature not necessarily as, yeah. as, as, a, as uptake from the population but as a feature that's that you can pay for extra and have the car drive for you if everybody has it um and everyone's driving Basically, perfectly, right? No one's gonna hit anybody, theoretically speaking. You might have a different opinion on that, Robot's but if everyone done. has it, what?
1: Yeah.
0: We do. We need an insurance industry for cars. Why don't you? You know, tell me that. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't want to take you out of a job, but just from a technology <laughs> perspective, I don't. I don't know where that's going, and and I don't know. Maybe you tell me about your thoughts on it.
1: Sure. So I guess we are leaning towards the flying cars uh, conversation. Kind of. Almost, yeah. I flying cars um, actually. your sure should be really high
0: with a flying car. I wouldn't trust yeah. a person, a a regular person with a flying car. No way. Yeah. No way. It's not happening. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Probably need like six licenses to do that. It'd have um, to be bumper
0: cars. Like it'd have to be like if you're flying, it have like a whole radius of bumper, like of, of like padding <laughs> around you or something, like a like a bowling like a bowling ball and with with the gutters with the, the gutter protectors or something. Yeah. I don't know how I would trust anybody. But well, yeah. you know,
1: this is yeah, this is an interesting topic, right? This this is one of the topics that is being, you know, heavily discussed. Uh, as you move towards the like, advances in technology of self driving, um, you know, there's a few things to consider, right? Um, what happens when there's a claim? Right? Sure. Uh if, yeah. if this car is self driving and it hits someone. And this is, you know, that's, it's happened before, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, like someone could trip off the side of a sidewalk and the car doesn't detect it in time or something like that, right? Like, yeah, like exactly. anything, freak things can happen, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, in scenarios like this, um, you know, who's who's at fault here? You know, are we blaming the car? Who do we, you know, or do we blame the driver? And, you know, how how is this going to affect? So uh, this is, you know, fairly new topic that's being discussed, but it is being discussed. And, uh, you know, within the next five years, I, I can see that, uh, there will be some changes implemented, but, you know, currently there's no actual legislation in terms of, you know, how do we treat this from an insurance standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because right now and... the government just
0: says, or at least even, even Tesla says, hey, if you're going to, you know, you have your basic autopilot, which is to, everybody has like collision warning and stopping. Yes. When, but, but for like full self-driving, I think Tesla just says, hey, this is not... You still got to keep your, you got to stay alert. You can't be sleeping. Yeah, you can't fall asleep. You can't, and, and I see like there's people just complete idiots eating pizza in, in their, in their self-driving Tesla. They're, they're not even in the passengers. Like they're not even in their driver's seat at some point. Like it, it's obviously ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah. But watching think, their favorite YouTube show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. L- listening, hopefully <laughs> not watching this podcast on their, on their, on their yeah, Model wide yeah. cruising down. But, but like the government, I think the government's opinion is, or a stance at this point is just, this is just a feature you still need to be in control at all times no matter what but i do think at some point like we're gonna the, at some point the technology will be so good that yes. that maybe you know maybe something changed like maybe there are significantly there less accidents. accidents right
1: maybe. there won't be any accidents it won't be any speeding issues stuff like that yeah i mean yeah like, it's, like... It's, once again it's, it's a great topic to talk about i mean you could probably have arguments you know uh for both sides but you know currently there's not much on it uh you know the insurance companies and all uh, this is the topic mm-hmm. this is the topic they're talking about right um and i'm sure that you know as with anything as as you know as a society we change as technology changes uh, and the insurance company will adapt as will society so there will be uh, you know, there will be things that solutions to to these questions, but as of right now, it's still very much in the in the like discussion phase.
0: Sure, sure. You you know, I'm gonna give you a proposal because I feel like when I talk to people about self-driving, they think they're like one side or another. Right? They either like it or they hate it. So I, I'm thinking in my mind, as a person who in real estate, I do a lot of driving, right? Driving to yeah. to, to to showings and stuff. I I want to see, in my opinion. I want to see like the first phase of, of this to be, if you're driving on the highway, you got to have autopilot. Because nobody, you know, you and I drive, I'm sure you, you drive a decent amount pre-COVID as well, but like 404, 401, DVP, whatever, if there's even one, not even an accident, if there's a car on the side of the road, everything slows down, right? You yeah. know, we know, what I'm talking about, right? Um, or if there's an accident on the other side of the of the highway, everyone on the opposite side slows down too, because they all want to look at it. So I feel like...
1: What is happening?
0: Exactly. Like it's not, doesn't you involve know. you. Just 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 keep driving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so I would personally like to see highway driving, anything over a hundred to be strictly autopilot. And then when you get off the freeway, you turn back to just you taking control because I feel like there's so much yeah. benefit, at least from an efficiency perspective, that you could just get one place to another on a highway high speed and it's all safe because there's at least at least safer um i just that's just my personal opinion on what i hope will happen and what i would love to see because it really changes how people might live right if they know Mm -hmm. like okay rush hour doesn't mean i'm gonna be stuck in traffic on the highway for no reason other than you know just volume and everyone's slowing and when one person breaks to stop to a stall then you cause a whole like snake effect, right? All, everyone down the line has to start breaking and then it just causes a whole cascade, right? Yeah. I'm just looking at it from an efficiencies perspective. It's just really annoying yeah. when, when, when- That's
1: because you're a man on a mission,
0: right? <laughs> I, just, I have to get somewhere. I have to get somewhere at a certain time, you know what it's I mean? So. so I don't know. I, I feel like it would change how people live, where people choose to work, where people choose to buy their homes, right? I'm not, I'm not just looking from a, from my own perspective, like a real estate perspective, yeah. right? <laughs> like if you could get downtown like from, from so let's put it as an example, where I live uh, in Scarborough, if I were to drive to like core downtown, if there is no traffic, which is basically like, let's say COVID, right? When it that is COVID times, right? Where we are right now. It's like 10, 15 minutes at most, 20 minutes. But if I were to drive at any other time, um, yeah. other than like midnight, right? It, it's like 40 minutes, right? So. Twenty minutes is a big deal, right? Every if you're doing it every single day, it might change how people choose to live, right? I don't, I don't, and it might just be something that's nice
1: to have. It's just, it's just nice to not be in traffic. I hate
0: waiting for things. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs>
1: uh, I haven't thought too much about this but I mean, you do bring up some good points. I, I just think that uh, the the group of people that's going to have the biggest problem with that are, are all the car enthusiasts, right? I know, I know. So, We're going to have you know, to. You might get a few letters.
0: <sighs> I know. I, I, I think there yeah, will sure. be there will be some sort of compromise i think there's still gonna be maybe areas of where you can i know i know i know what you mean though like i've also driven like you know let's say like i've also driven late at night uh, during the terrible times. not drunk or anything because i but i don't drink but but just late because of of meetings or or whatever or 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 dinner and it's just and you maybe you're alone in the car and Mm -hmm. it's dark but it's it's quiet and you have like a nice drive like that's Maybe that's not car enthusiasts because i'm, I'm not obviously driving a, a supercar or anything like that but i can understand like the appeal the certain peel of just just driving by um on a, on a on a just driving by yourself right and just enjoying yeah. the drive as opposed to feeling like you need to get to a destination yeah but I, mean, I think we have tracks for the car enthusiasts you know what i mean like just just drive yeah. as fast as you want you know, on a track like that goes in a circle. You know, I'm cool with that. You know, just well, you don't have to take it to the. You don't have to take it on the main road. You know, just, just do it somewhere else.
1: Let me get to my appointment on time, right?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's well, that's why their insurance is so high, right? Because if they're driving your supercar, driving really fast to try to get to your appointment on time, that's when you go to uh, you go to Reddit and you see all this, uh, the, the the subreddit idiots in cars or something, and you see all these people yeah. driving supercars and not understanding like how quickly they can drive right yeah 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 so um yeah i think i think at this point you know i, I was hoping that we would get a chance to talk about other insurance um i know okay. we focused a lot on car insurance i think i think for a good reason because car insurance is something that more people can understand than opposed to i think other areas of insurance you do uh you know we obviously do property insurance commercial yeah. insurance right Any any other insurance that you do besides that
1: I mean, travel insurance, travel insurance Yeah, as well.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, I think maybe, maybe someday, you know, another episode we'll get to those other insurances, but I think we, I think uh, for car insurance, we, we really uh, spent a good amount of time. And I think that's good because car insurance, everyone can understand. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, well, yeah. usually when you think insurance, you automatically think car insurance, you yeah. think expensive rates and et cetera. And especially if you're living like in Toronto or Brampton, you especially thinking about the car insurance rates so i know uh, they want I to know go a little higher <laughs>
0: yeah i lived i lived in uh, london for a little bit and yeah the insurance is so much cheaper there or, or any of the in any, anywhere even more than an hour or 2 hours out of toronto is is a big difference was there now i guess my last question to you before we wrap it up are are there between mortgage you know brokerages how how are they innovating right like like you like i don't really see much of a difference between one insurance company versus another insurance company in terms of car insurance we'll stick the car insurance okay? okay okay other than a few different f- rate like features in the policy and okay. then the price right and most consumers probably care only about the price so are, are there other innovations coming out of the car insurance companies like is there anything coming down the pipeline that we that we as consumers should be aware of like you said ubi, UBI is a program that's been around for a while and, and yes. it's pretty slow uptake but is there any other what else is down the pipeline when it comes to
1: car insurance or if there is any right sure so yeah there are, there are definitely uh some things available the best thing that i can always advise is speak to your broker right they know that what the different insurance companies are offering and they are different okay there are some commonalities but there are maybe some some differences between the insurance companies i think one of the uh one of the misconceptions is every insurance company is the same they're not I mean, the same. I just said that, right? <laughs> just... Exactly, right? And that's one of the misconceptions is that, you know, why does it matter that I go with Intact versus Dominion versus, you know, someone else? And the main reason is because these different insurance companies have different appetites, okay? So they're, you know, maybe they have like a target demographic that they, that they really um, love insuring, right? Hmm. And, you know, if you're, a high-risk driver, for example, and you try to, you know, approach a, a low-risk company, they're going to give you a really bad rate because they don't want your business, mm-hmm. right? Just just say what it is, how it is, uh, and the opposite also works. If you're a low-risk driver, you go to you try to go to a higher insurance, uh, you know, a company that's known to uh, like high-risk drivers, um, you know, they're either going to give you a really bad rate or they, they are they are not able to help you, so. You know these are the these are the nuances between the companies um, that are important. So one thing that I like to do is when I talk to my clients, you know, it's not just a quick conversation about hey, you know, what's your car, what's your license. I like to get to know you. You know what you know what do you do in your spare time, and you know what's your lifestyle look like. You know, are you going to have a kid? Are you going to you know are you do you have kids? You know, are they leaving the house? Because some companies like very experienced drivers. Some companies will give the newer drivers a break, right? But mm-hmm. if you have a combination of two, one company might might work better than the other. So that is important. That is important to know. And uh, you know, certain companies may give special discounts, like uh, you know, there's the winter tire discount available to right. every every yeah. um, everyone. I know U might...
0: Like I think I think insurance some insurance companies. Are like, oh, well, depending on where you graduated from.
1: Yeah. They also because yes.
0: because they're all like, I don't know. I don't know why they think a certain you know, where you graduate from really matters, but yeah, there's some random ones out there too, right? Like,
1: yeah. Like they'll give you a better price if you belong to a group. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Uh, another one is, you know, where do you park your vehicle overnight? If you park it in a private driveway or garage versus if you park it in an open parking lot on the street, you know, logic right, is right
0: once, it's once safer easier. to
1: park. So they'll give you a discount for, for parking it in a safer area. So mm-hmm. not every company offers all these different discounts, right? um, Or, you know, extra coverages like this protection for if you get into an accident, this protection for if you get a ticket. Not, a, not every company offers all these different things. But, um, you know, if your profile, um, you know, has these characteristics available, you may be better off going with one company over the next. And, right. and that would be the difference in saving money and getting the insurance you actually need uh, versus, you know, mm-hmm. what you think you need.
0: So, speaking of, of you mentioned high risk low risk going to the right brokerage and stuff right so why doesn't and this this idea just popped in my head why doesn't every or why doesn't any particular um car insurance company just give you like give each of their c- consumers a yeah. a dash cam right <laughs> that's just put this up because because like you said you actually i, I want to go back to the dash cam thing cuz it just came to mind because then because when you when there's a when there's a claim right there's always like what the insurance company doesn't, doesn't want to pay Right. They want the other, they want the other party to pay. Right. Like that's my understanding. Yeah. Right. It's not like no one's, no one's, no one's, no one's, no one's desperate to pay for the claim. Right. So why doesn't like insurance, like, like company A give all of their, um all of their drivers or a portion of their drivers, a dash cam. And then company B, they don't. Right. And then those two drivers, you know, hit each other, but, but A yes. has the, has the, has the dash cam um to prove what happened and maybe that saves company a a lot of money but then i'm also thinking maybe maybe it doesn't because then it really shows that uh this this company uh maybe this person was at fault fault and then now you've kind of screwed yourself so that that thought came into my mind very fleetingly and i think maybe i've just talked myself out of it but but why doesn't why doesn't why don't car insurance companies do weird like try different things right to see like because you're all trying to save money and make the other other company like why don't you try different variables and see like, what is the best ways so that we save our bottom line and we can pass yeah. some of those savings on to our consumer. And then you'll be known as that, like, like you, you'll be able to undercut the other insurers, but also maintain yeah. the same level of maybe profit or whatever at the end of the day, like that's kind of like an innovative new thing that you guys can do. Right.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's two, this two reasons why the first reason is it's hard to implement. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a huge, huge company that has so many clients, you know, if if Arguments were to give them each a dash cam. That's very expensive, and it that leads to the next point, which what it all, what pretty much everything comes down to at this point is money. Yeah, a lot of the times, right? I think it's um, it would definitely um, may not be not be practical to do that. And you know, the goal for an insurance company is, you know, that you continue to pay your insurance premiums, and they don't pay you a penny right yeah I mean, and, then and your goal is you want to you you want to uh you know keep paying insurance premiums and when you have a claim you're taken care of right you want that so, protection
0: if something were to yeah. happen like all types of insurance right
1: exactly so yeah. i think it comes out to money and you, you know difficult to implement
0: you want to pay the least amount to get the most benefit right right yeah so, but what I, what I have heard of, of i thought not i haven't heard of much of a car insurance but I've, other insurance like life insurance they have various benefits where they will have grants for if, excuse me if you have a kid that's going to you know college university whatever trade school they give yes. you a grant um they have various um tickets like tickets to the movie theater that they give like i kind of like that like as as a as a consumer of insurance um yeah. i'm paying whatever amount of money over the course of whatever amount of time i'd like to see some of that back not necessarily just benefit but also tangibly because i can say I can say like, oh, listen, my, you know, I was. If you could pick between two insurance companies, right, and both have the exact same premium, but this one company will occasionally send you tickets to the movie theater, or or they'll do this or do do, do that. I'm just gonna go for the one that gives me at least some tangible benefit, right?
1: Yeah. Do you know um,
0: anything going on like that in the car insurance world? Because I know it happens in like
1: incentives. Just. In- like a, I don't know, a contest giveaway,
0: free something. insurance for a year. I don't know <laughs> something like I, I don't know. Have uh, I mean, you heard of anything like that? Like, because it, I... it's a good idea,
1: right? It's a good, it's a good idea. Um, I think uh, that's not what the marketing departments are leaning towards right now. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, we all that got that. We all happen. got
0: those meet those little little COVID um checks returns right, like a little yeah. bit of money back you got from from your um your premium. Not a lot, but it's like something like. You know. actually
1: yeah, that that's actually a very good point uh you know when everything hit uh the way that certain companies dealt with their response um actually did you know uh, benefit them uh in a lot of cases so the companies that helped out um you know some companies wrote a check every mm-hmm. couple of months some companies just sliced their prices by like 10 percent some companies Ease up on the rules a little bit and allowed you to park your vehicle when typically they wouldn't allow you to park your vehicle so you can save your money. So each company did it a little different way. What I found just, you know, from what I noticed is that the companies that tended to respond uh, decisively, mm-hmm. quickly in the benefit of their clients' uh, pocket, actually, those are the ones who, uh, you know, came out with, uh, I guess, some good marketing and um, okay. yeah, those clients are uh, seem to be a lot more loyal to these companies now.
0: Yeah. So it's something I to
1: consider, you know, right? Yeah. The companies kind of just keep charging you now. They got to consider, like, you know, seeing your client um, as as you know as a person who you know has a livelihood and is mm-hmm. being affected by things, and we got to take that into account. So I think that's that is yeah something that is moving, that is changing. They're looking at that a little bit more now.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, we're getting we're getting we're getting close to the one hour mark, so I, I can't go into sure. too, I don't want to go into too much, but yeah, like exactly the cost of acquisition. Of a brand new customer versus maintaining your your cust- customers to be loyal, right? is a huge thing, right? Not just insurance, but any company. Um, but we, yeah, we're, we we are almost approaching an hour, and I think uh, we've, we thank you for the for your an hour of your time, Preston. Uh, yes, yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, I'll mm-hmm. have some information. You know, I guess below the video about if they want to reach out to you or anything like that. But um, I guess for anyone listening, you know, episode one. You know, let me know if you have any questions for a future podcast with with Preston, because Preston, we talked about car insurance a lot, but I'm sure you know, you have a lot of insight on you just mentioned travel insurance, renters insurance, property insurance, commercial uh, insurance, maybe hit us, you can, you know, send us a question and we'll, you know, Preston and I will cover it at another podcast. Would you be able to, would you be open to that?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah, definitely. It's, I love what you're doing here. I think it's very important. I mean, I don't see many you know even realtors doing this, and I think uh, it's very important what you're doing because there is a lot of information. And you know, uh, as it goes with a lot of information out there, uh, things can get confusing and a lot of misinformation can be can be shared. So uh, you know, thank you for for you know doing this and and sharing some important information uh, that you know educates the public and you know, I, I think that uh, an educated customer, um, you know, it's gonna be get to choo- get to choose, and yeah. and they're happier, right? Yes. The choice involved versus not knowing. Yeah. So yeah, th- yeah, definitely, my pleasure to help out anyway.
0: Thanks, Preston. We'll uh, we'll be stay stay on, but uh, we'll see you at the next podcast episode. All right. Okay.
1: Okay, Kenny. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.